Romans 10, 17. I'm going to start with Romans 10, 17. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Where do we get faith? We have to hear it. It comes from hearing. And that hearing from the word of God, having to hear the word of God. When we hear the word of God, our faith starts happening. It starts building. That seed of faith is planted. I want to go next really quickly to Mark 4. Um, starting with verse 13, Mark 4, 13. Uh, Jesus is talking about a parable. I, I'm going to just go to his explanation of the parable, trying to condense this a little bit. Uh, he's talking to, talking to the people. He's teaching them, do you understand about this parable, the parable of the, of the seeds that are, that are scattered? Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. So the seed is the word. Everybody say seeds are words. Words are seeds. How important that is that we think about the words that come out of our mouth as being seeds that are planted in someone else's life. And we think of words that are being planted in someone else's life. That the words we speak, the Bible says, Renee, as Renee says, you know, we speak life or death. Our words are encouragement. We study, I mean, Paul does a lot, of, a lot of teaching on our words. One another, we as Christians, one another, the words that we speak are to bring edification to the body. We're to build one another up. We are to encourage one another by our words. It was so amazing to us, a big learning experience down there. When you, when you end up going to these people, I say these people, it's these hungry people, and speaking life over them, they just glow. They receive it. It's like, yes, yes. So the sower sows the word. These are the ones, and, and we talk about some of them that are by the wayside, by the, whatever, the, the hearts. Uh, I, I want to move down to, okay, verse 19. And the cares of the world, deceitfulness, riches, the desires of things that enter that choke out the word, and the word becomes unfruitful. Verse 20. But these are the ones, but these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it, and bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some 100. He goes right on to verse 21. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought to be under a basket or under a bed? Like, why do you bring a lamp into a room? To be put under a basket, under a bed? It's like, no. Is it not to be on a lampstand? 22, for there's nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And then he said to him, take heed what you hear. It's like Take heed what you hear. It's like, pay special attention to what you hear. Pay special attention to what you listen to. 
what you grab onto, what you hang onto. If we believe that words are seeds, we have to be careful about what seed we allow to grow in the soil of our hearts. Take heed in what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you, and to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. It's like, man, it's so interesting that that's right on the heels of the sower, that we, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. We are the soil, so what we're hearing, what we're taking in through these ears is going to start growing and manifesting in us. Right? So we need to pay attention to what we're hearing, to what we're listening to. He who hears. I want to read this one more time. Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now I'm thinking, I've really thought and thought and thought and thought and processed it. Lord, what are you trying to say? I, I, I need to understand this a little bit better. It's like the measure that you use, it seems like that's in forgiveness. It seems like that's in, in money, in sowing the money, you know, generosity. But it's like, no, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's how I, where I'm putting my value on what I'm taking in that's that, that I'm going to allow to grow. Take heed in what you hear. Now... There's another side to that that I really felt was, was, was revealed to me here. It's like, oh my goodness. There are pastors that I definitely prefer their style and I would rather listen to because I, I like their style. And because I like their style, I, I like to listen to them and I, and I like to be a part of their, of their ministry and their teaching. But there are some people that have come into my life before that I, I've just very quickly prejudged and they can start speaking and it's just like it, over my head or, or it's not something that I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm really very interested in. You know, in order to be, I felt like the Lord is, is saying right here, to me anyway, it's like, take heed in what you hear. Be a good listener. Be discerning in what you're listening to. See, this is where it's really important. There's gifts in, the, gifts in the Spirit, and that gift of discernment is having good discernment in what I'm listening to and taking hold of what I'm listening to, letting that be a seed that then begins to grow that I am seeing cultivated. But being discerning in, in who and how, I have to be really careful in order to end up being a good let's just say being a good teacher, I first have to be a good student. To be a good leader, I first have to be a good follower. And I feel like that's what the Lord is just almost screaming out right here. It's like, you know what? You better be careful about who you write off, who you X out, because I use so oftentimes somebody that's not beautiful, somebody that's not eloquent, somebody that's not... When we look through the Bible at who he chose, Moses said, oh, I'm, I'm not qualified, I, I stutter, I... Da, 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 da. But he's the one who led millions out of captivity. That's, that, that's who God chose. 
And his feeling was, well, why would people listen to me? Well, I'm just saying what we need to be paying attention to is who God is using. <laughs> and those that he is using, we better be ready and be listening and have our listening ears on. said, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. You got it? Are you with me? Because God will be using somebody in your life that you will so oftentimes disqualify before they've even had a chance. And then the words that they're speaking can be coming directly from God but falling on deaf ears. Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. And to you who hear, to you who hear, to you who receive, discern, and receive, more will be given. For whoever has, has received that word from God, has planted it in their heart, has cultivated it, has let it grow, to whoever has, to him, more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Like the seed that was choked out by the cares of the world, like the seed that was, you know, thorns grew up around it. Are you with me? Does this all make sense? I encourage all of you to go read uh, Mark 4, read that parable, study uh, into it a little bit more yourself. I already quoted Matthew 5, 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And the key word there is hungry. When we come hungry, God's word does not go void. We show up hungry and attentive, you're going to get something from the Lord. Okay, we're going to move quickly to Mark 6. Uh, if I have time, yeah, I'm going to just go ahead and, and uh, start with verse 1. I'm going to go ahead and go 1 through 6. Jesus and the disciples, we're talking about Jesus and the disciples. Then he went out from there where he had been to his own country, and his disciples followed him. When the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this? which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands. Is this not the carpenter? Is this not the son of Mary, the brother of James, Judas, Joseph, Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And then they were offended at him. It's like, whoa, what? What Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could not, or I'll just read this word for word, now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Everybody say with me, unbelief. That Jesus marveled at them. He was blown away, in our terminology, he was blown away by their unbelief. 
He was not able to do any mighty works because they were so on the other end of the spectrum. They were offended at him and they didn't want any of his mighty works. So the people pull and the people draw because of their belief and because of their faith. They pulled on Jesus, the ones that wanted to be healed, that were ready for his ministry, right? Okay. So he called the twelve to him. He began to send them out two by two, gave them power over unclean spirits. He commanded them to take nothing with them for the journey except a staff, no bag, no bread, no copper in their money belts. I remember right, right here, no bread. But wear sandals, don't put on two tunics. Whatever place you enter a house, stay there till you depart from that place. And kick the dust off your feet if they don't receive you. So they went and they preached that. People should repent. They cast out many demons, anointed, the, uh, anointed with oil many who were sick, and healed them. Now, we're going to fast forward a little bit to verse 30. Verse 30, 6.30. So they've gone out, they've done some of these amazing things. Jesus has sent them out for the first time on their own, brought them back. I mean, he gave them power, authority, Go do this. Go do this thing. They came back. The apostles, gathered, the apostles gathered to Jesus, told him all of the things, the amazing things that had happened, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, all right, it's time for a little break. We need to take, we need to take a break. We need to get a little rest. Let's, let's recap. Let's recoup, recap, recoup, and we'll be ready then to head out again. So he says, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many that were coming and going, and they didn't even have time to eat. So the disciples were hungry, right? Everybody say they're hungry. They're ready for a meal and a rest. So they, they jumped in a boat. They took off to go ahead for this, uh, this deserted place so they could rest up. They could just be together. They could pray together. He could teach them a little bit more and then probably send them out again. But when they showed up, this place, people knew that they were coming. They had already gotten there ahead of them. They had gathered together, and there was a big crowd there. And so these disciples looked out and said, Oh, no, Jesus. We're hangry right now. You promised us, us some time to rest and eat and get recouped right here. And, and now look, there's more ministry to do. All of these people have gathered. Jesus, send them away. Get rid of them. Tell them, go find something to eat. Because that's exactly what we want to do. Is We want to eat and get some rest. It's almost that time now. And what did he say to them? You give them something to eat. It's like, what? You give them something to eat. Verse 37, Jesus answered him and said, you give them something to eat. And they said, well, what? Shall we, what? You want us to go to spend 200 denarii worth of bread and, and to bring back and to give them something to eat? And he said to him, how many loaves have you got? Go and see. So this is where someone who, like in Matthew, one of the other, or a couple of the other Gospels, it talks about, the, they find one, they find the little boy that's got, you know, five loaves and a couple of fish. All he says is, what, five loaves and two fish. So he commanded them to break down into groups, to break that up, and for the apostles to serve them. 
or the apostles, the disciples to serve them. We're not calling them apostles yet. Uh, so they did that. They saw that miracle. They did that. They weren't very happy about it because they thought that they should be resting. They should be away. And so he then sends them, sends them away. He made his disciples get into a boat, go before him to the other side, uh, while he sent the multitudes away. So now, we've fast-forwarded a little bit. He, they've, they've been fed. They've been taught. He sent all of the people away. Evening has come, and he sent the disciples in a boat to cross back over. We're going to try this again. We're going to go back to the other side, get away from these people. And so, go, go, go. So he put them in the boat. They took off, headed for the other side, while he went up on the mountain to pray. He's going to get a little prayer time. Little, a little connection time with, with God, with the, with the Father. Goes up onto the mountain to pray and realizes, now this is no small lake. It's a long ways across, it's miles across. I think depending on the area, which, where they were at, I looked at that about eight miles across and 20 miles long, something like that, the, the, the Sea of Galilee. And so, but it says he sees them struggling in the boat. It's like he was up on the mountain praying. He sees them struggling. It's the fourth watch of the day. Well, I went and studied that. The fourth watch of the day is between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. It's like he saw them, so it's dark. He didn't see them. He got a word of knowledge is how he saw them, that they were out there struggling. So they're out in the middle of the lake, it says, so he went up to... So he went um, <laughs> into them to the boat. They were absolutely amazed. They had not understood about... <clears throat> Excuse me. Anyway, he, he's walking. They see him walking. They saw him. They were troubled, and immediately uh, he talked with them. and says, be of good cheer. It's me. Don't be afraid. Like, yeah, that, that settled it. But he had talked to them about, uh, I don't hardly have time for this, but the hardening of their hearts. The hardening of their hearts. Uh, they had not understood, because he talked to them, you know, you, you don't get it. Your, your hearts are hardened. You don't get it, guys. And so it says right here, for they had not understood, you know, about the loaves, about the bread and stuff, because their hearts were hardened. You see, Jesus saw these people and he was absolutely moved with compassion. They were there, they were hungry for the word. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. They also needed to be filled with some food. And he's trying to get these, these uh, disciples to know and understand, I've given you power, I've given you authority, and it's for every situation. It's like you need to take this to work with you. Am I going so fast that you're not under? Am I? You're, you're, you're with me. Okay. It's like, guys, guys, I want you to know my heart. I have a heart of compassion for these people. They're hungering and they're thirsting for more, for more. They want to be healed. They want, they want more of what we have to give them, guys. So let's give it to them. Now, because guys, we don't separate work 
and church. We don't separate things during the day. See, these guys are just like, okay, Jesus, we've been out. We've been ministering. We've been teaching. We've been healing the sick and raising the dead and casting out demons. Now we're ready to go for a little break. And he's saying, guys, the harvest is out there. There are some hungry people, and now your hearts are hardened. You think you have to do all this on your own? When if you will co-labor with me, if you'll pay attention, I have given you the power, I have given you the authority that when you co-labor with me, we can accomplish anything. So guys, but your hearts are hardened. You don't have the you don't see the need of these people. All you're concerned with is your flesh, the need that you have right now. And I think that's kind of like where I was at here just a few short years ago. I was thinking, I've come for rest and relaxation here to Vallarta, not to end up having to study again to bring a word. Are you, are, are you with me? See, we need to be taking Jesus with us wherever we go. It doesn't matter if we're at work. It doesn't matter if we're at play. Jesus is supposed to be, we're supposed to be co-laboring, hooked up with him, to accomplish his will on this earth through our lives. And he has a lot of patience with us, folks. He's got a lot of patience with us. But he gets just a little bit frustrated sometimes. Like, come on, are your hearts still so hardened? So when they crossed over, they came to the land of Genesaret and anchored there. And when they came out of the boat, Immediately, the people recognized him, capital H, Jesus. And they ran through that whole surrounding region, began to carry about on beds those who were sick to wherever they heard he was. They knew if they could get into the presence of Jesus, there's healing available. So run, they gathered up the people on beds. They ran and gathered up those that needed Jesus to get them to Jesus. What he's telling us this morning is we need to be running to those people to get those to Jesus because they need Jesus. So they ran through the whole surrounding region, began to carry about on beds those who were sick to wherever they heard he was. Wherever he entered, wherever Jesus entered, into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces. So it is about the presence of Jesus, getting people into his presence. They laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might just touch the border of his garment. Like the woman with the issue of the blood, how was she healed? She touched the border of his garment. It's like, oh, they heard their faith was built through the hearing of the testimony. Are you with me? <laughs> they heard their faith was built through the hearing of the testimony of the woman who had touched his garment, so their faith was built 
So they wanted to show up just to be able to touch the hem of his garment so the people could be healed. There's power in the word of the testimony. Revelation 12:11 says, "They overcame the adversary. They overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony." Power in the testimony. Seven minutes after 12. Are we done? Okay. Let's stand together then. Twenty-seven minutes for an hour message right there. Father, we, we, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are faithful. That when we hunger and thirst after your righteousness, we will be filled. We will be filled. We thank you for your mercy, for your love, for your compassion, for your goodness. We thank you for so, so many blessings that we get to enjoy in our lives. I pray, Lord, that each one of us would take a look and be good stewards of the blessings that you've given us. I pray, Lord, that we would all be good stewards of your word. That as we hear, as we seek, and as we are given, that we would hold on to that word, God, and that we would be fruitful in that word that you have given us. I pray, Lord, that you would bless each one here this morning as we just raise up our hands like we're like create a funnel that we can end up receiving one more time, one more time. God, I just pray that through your Holy Spirit you would come, that you would minister, God, and that hungry hearts this morning would be filled to overflowing with your goodness as we just say more Lord more Lord more Lord we, we just come before you asking for more we're looking for more thank you Lord we are just hunger for more I'm gonna tell you one more quick little story and then we're, we're, we're going to dismiss but just before we left and, and went to Mexico, we were just in our new house for a little while, and, and our granddaughter Addison was at our house. And we were around the island that we have in the middle, and Renee and Addie is, you know, it's so amazing how these little kids, how attentive that they can be. She was off the table doing something on her own, and Renee came through and said, Oh, Jesus, I'm just hungry for more of you. Jesus, I hunger for more of you. And Addie looks up and said, Don't eat Jesus, Grandma. <laughs> Jesus, we just hunger for more of you this morning, Lord God. More of you, Lord, more of you. That I might decrease, that you might increase in me, Lord.
I just ask this in Jesus' name for everyone gathered here this morning. Amen. Be blessed and pour it out this week.